2: to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life.
0: No purchase necessary. BTW route void were prohibited by law. See terms and
3: conditions 18 plus. What on earth is a town of 21,000 people doing with two Northern Premier League teams?
4: The club nearly didn't exist because <laughs> of the man who didn't want to give up time on the pool table.
3: I felt for a few years that we were one catastrophe away from oblivion and it was going to be the floodlights. Um,
5: it was either Infield or the mergers didn't happen, if I'm being absolutely honest.
4: Everything was stuck in 1976.
2: Hello, listeners, and thanks for tuning in to Pint of Football's latest podcast. As this time, we bring you the story of not one but two lost clubs. Our two part special takes place in the town of Osset on the outskirts of Wakefield, where we find out about a town, an Albion, and what happened when they became united. This is part one of episode three of Pint of Football's Lost Clubs A Town United, the story of Osset Town FC and Osset Albion FC.
0: Ossett Albion Football Club originated in 1944, when a group of schoolboys decided to form a team to play in the local football leagues in and around West Yorkshire. Since its formation and humble beginnings, the club eventually achieved its long-term ambition of becoming a Northern Premier League football club and up until merging with their rivals turned pals, this would be the league in which Albion proudly competed in. The club played at Queen's Terrace and over the years won plenty of silverware through local competitions, including the Northern Counties East Football League Cup and Yorkshire League Cup on many occasions. Eight years prior to the formation of Albion, Osset Town Football Club was formed in 1936 during a public meeting of the mayor of the borough of Osset charged John Carter, a former Yorkshire league referee, with bringing football to the town. Much like the story of their neighbours, it was a steady rise up the divisions for the club. And in 2004, they won promotion to the Northern Premier Division. The ground of town, which also would go on to be United's future home, was Ingfield Stadium. Located right in the heart of the town, the big question is whether the heart of the whole town lies here now that the clubs are united.
2: So, yes, as always, we start off the episode of Lost Clubs with a big question. When the two clubs unite, does the whole town unite? Hello from me, Daz, and Tom, give us a hello. Oh, Hello. So, we've got Yo. Osset today, which is a double header, and of course, it has a completely different narrative to those that we've had so far on Lost Clubs, because, well, not to give spoilers, but uh, it certainly didn't go the way of Aldershot or Stone Dominoes, the ones that we've had yeah. so far, did it?
1: Outwardly, there was the least pain and suffering. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not saying it was all smooth sailing and there weren't some hurt feelings and people that didn't come across, but largely it seems to have been a good news story. But uh, as we shall see, there were twists and turns along the way. Um, I, I have no idea where Osset is. This is much more your your neck of the woods. So
2: West Yorkshire is very much where all the, the big cities are. So Leeds, Bradford, Sheffield, yeah. uh, obviously Wakefield as well, which is practically where Osset lies very much in the heart of the uh, West Yorkshire region and obviously has some massive, massive football teams around. Leeds United, obviously. Bitford oh, yeah. Field, Chef United, Chef Wednesday, Bradford. They're all within a stone throw away, really. Anyway, so the reason we chose Osset today is obviously because of the uh, interesting history of um, how the club's merged. It's still a fairly recent merger within the last uh, three years, And on that note, Tom, tell us who we're going to be hearing from in the first part.
1: James Rogers. Many know him as chair of the Leeds United Foundation, but to us, he's Mr. Ingfield. Neville Wigglesworth. Osset born and bred. This guy steered the Albion ship for many years and is now firmly aboard SS United. Phil Smith, a man whose first dipping of the proverbial toes into non-league football was to lead on the big merge. Talk about in at the deep end. And first up, we have James Rogers, who sets the scene by telling us a potted history of football in Osset. I live in Osset.
5: So when Leeds United ended not playing, where do I go? Well, I'll go to watch the uh, local football team, which at that time was Osset Town, um, and uh, started getting involved. I coached and managed junior teams for 16 years. Um, so that was a fair chunk of sort of uh, football involvement that have, I've had. Um, I've spent a lot of time in sort of football club management and administration, about 15 years doing that, either at junior level or or senior level. Um, and um, I became a director in Osset United when it formed in 2018 um, and been involved in Osset United since. And then the final point, really, I suppose, in terms of football involvement in careers. I've also got my dream job, um, which is chair of the Leeds United Foundation, which is the charitable arm of Leeds United, which is the, the club I've supported all my life. So uh, uh, to have that dream job as well as being uh, now chairman of uh, Osset United is uh, fantastic. What convinced me that Osset United be a good idea? And it's, it's probably worthwhile looking at the history, really, of um, maybe Osset Town and... Uh, Albin, I think, to to understand that. So, Osset Town was formed in 1936. Um, The uh, the mayor of Osset at the time charged uh, a local referee called John Carter with the uh, responsibility of establishing a football club in the town, and uh, with the aim of playing at the the highest level possible. In 1944, so just eight years later, legend has it that the committee of Osset Town fell out in lumps, and two of them left to set up Albion. So as you might imagine, that created for a fair bit of time, quite a lot of tension. Um, I think it's fair to say for all the years that I've been involved, 20 years, the two clubs to me sort of have, have lived in the town together with a friendly rivalry between the two. Um, and that's, I mean, the fact is, you know, we all live in the same community. It's a pretty small community. We all drink in the same pubs, we all eat in the same restaurants, we all go to the same takeaways, we go for walks in the same park, so um, it was a sort of a friendly rivalry and um people moved between clubs when they fell out with one and went to the other one and kids had uh, played juniors, uh, maybe Osset Town juniors and then they fall out for some reason and then move to Osset Albion juniors, so... A lot of people in the town have had a lot of involvement uh, with with both clubs. We used to we used to find that players went from one club to another, um, and if you haven't got a big wage bill, which Osset Town and Osset Albion didn't have a sort of a big um, sort of wage budget, then players would move for 10, 15 quid a week, um, and you, you wouldn't get. It's difficult to get stability. Therefore, but we also had fans who supported both clubs. Yeah, yeah. So there, there were a group of fans who had never gone to an away game. Because Osset, Osset Town and Osset Albion would generally always be home and away. we would never be at home at the same time, or very rarely at home at the same time. So they just keep go to all the home games of Albion and Osset and, and, and Town and see both. It, it got to a stage when um, we start thinking, does it, does it make sense to continue to have two teams at this level in this small town operating? Is it, is it holding us back? um and um, we took the view that it probably was but it was never really the right circumstances or the right time to sort of move it forward so there was always a desire and i had a desire ever since i first got involved that that would be the right outcome to achieve but it was actually getting i suppose the foundations of the right circumstances to enable that to, to happen and move forward i think um if you actually look at the reality of it we were we were get both of both clubs were getting attendances at probably averaging 130 140 each um commercial sponsors were either sort of deciding to sponsor one or the other so we were splitting commercial opportunities a lot of um a lot of sort of business in the city So well if i sponsor you i'll have to sponsor them so i'm not sponsoring any of you we both sort of teetered on the edge of relegation for a number of years, um, and you just thought to yourself, well, if, if we don't do something to sort of increase the support base, maximise the commercial income, then um, we'll, we'll survive, but will we, will we last in this division? Can we both last in this, this division? If you're only getting 140 fans in, you're only getting a certain amount of commercial sponsorship in, you can only <clears> invest so much in facilities, you can only invest so much in the playing staff, if you're in the league where they're getting many more fans in, or they've got a rich benefactor owner who's investing in the playing side, it's hard to compete. It's hard to compete at that level, um, and that and that was the that was the, the real issue, which which actually drove, us actually doing the merger and, and taking it forward. And, and And the finances now are in a much much better shape than they ever were with two separate clubs.
1: So, were you, as a town fan, uh, ever worried that the club wouldn't be playing at Infield? Like, uh, was Albion's ground ever considered? Does anybody um, use the old place?
5: It was never considered by me. Um, I'll be, I'll be absolutely honest with you. So, yeah. and for me, it was, a, for me, it was a deal breaker. Um, it was either Infield or the merger didn't happen. If I'm being absolutely honest, and there's a few reasons for that. Um, one is is that um, Osset Town owned the Freehold for Infield. So we actually owned the ground and had complete control over it and there was no debt on it. So that puts you in a really good place. Albion had a lease, a lease with uh, from the local cricket club, which was neighbouring in the ground. It had a lease which was quite controlling and quite sort of restraining in terms of what it could do. So it would, it would sort of prohibit, um, further development and income generation if you weren't careful. Um, and the facilities at Infield, far superior um, to Albion. And I think Albion fans would acknowledge and accept that as well. So it always made absolute sense to uh, locate you in Infield. And the location as well, Ingfield is banging the centre of town, right opposite the bus station. Over the road is the, the town centre and you couldn't get a better location in in all honesty.
2: So... In summary, Tom, it looks like we've got two pretty small teams in a pretty small town in West
1: Yorkshire. Two small West Yorkshire teams with a sense of stable mediocrity. And why would you rock the boat when you've got something that beautiful? Well,
2: that is the question, though, isn't it? Is there anything wrong with being a football club that's been in the same league for 70, 80 years?
1: No. Of course there isn't, like uh, Welton Rovers, prime example, I don't think they've ever been out of the Western League, and as we both know, they're an ace club, they've got a good level of support, they're living within their means, but um also by the same token, most people want to see a club fulfil its potential, and... um Obviously, if you've got two clubs at the same, exactly the same level in the same tiny town, it is a madness. And the, the just what um what James said about them competing for the same um advertisers is just amazing.
2: Yeah, I think I think that's that to me is the it's the external things, the commercial things that obviously um make the difference nowadays in non-league, and I think. We've discussed it in previous episodes with Aldershot. You can no longer just be the club that has, um, you know, a good team, a good attendance. You have to be bringing in no. money from elsewhere.
1: It's, it's just about fulfilling potential, and so for, Osset, it's a, It felt it really felt like a no-brainer.
2: Yeah, and that that exact term of no-brainer does crop up a few times in the interviews, so I think it is definitely a recurring theme. Now that we know a bit about footy in Osset, we move on to find out why the merge was so important. And what better way to do this than through a man who has been at the heart of the local game for over 40 years. Here is Neville Wigglesworth's interview.
3: When it came to Osset Albion, uh, it was about 1979, I think, the club were going through a difficult time. Um, They were looking for a new chairman and now I was only 33 um, and I'm naturally lacking in self-confidence. Now this is a big, it's a big ask for a 33-year-old whose total experience today in administration was with this local Sunday League. Was there for 30, just shy I think of 30 years. Um, and I I quickly sussed out that the playing side would have to take care of itself. I was dead lucky in that I appointed a manager who was really, really good, but I realised that it wasn't just on the pitch that mattered, that if we were going to progress, we were going to have to do something um, with the ground. So a lot of the time was spent on... uh, on ground development. I'd, I'd, I'd like to think I was a, a visionary when I first took over at Albion. Uh, I'd only been in the role for a matter of months, really, when um, we played Osset Town, as we did at that time. You know, the, there was the obviously, there's always been a rivalry. My opinion that got more friendly as time went on. I think when you go back in time, it was uh, uh, a little uh, less amicable. But I was, I was talking to um, the, at uh, one game, to the Osset town chairman. The first time I've met him, he was an elderly gentleman then, highly, highly respected. And uh, I don't know how it came about, but anyway, we arranged to just get together and have a chat. And it happened one Sunday morning. Uh, I went round to his house, very civilised, coffee, cakes, and uh, just a general chat. I think, I I never really asked the question directly. I think we both knew why we were there. But we, we sort of skirted around this question of a merger. Certainly I never tackled it head on. Um, and the sort of things that the thing that I probably pick up on most with my T-boy hat on, every chairman in the Yorkshire League, the Northern Counties East League and ultimately in the Northern Premier League used to come into our boardroom and say, what on earth is a town of 21,000 people doing with two Northern Premier League teams. How can a town support two teams at Northern Premier League level? Um, And obviously, it was a simple question because I don't think the town ever could really support two teams. Our gates said that, you know, Albion, well, both would hover around 130, 140, which really just isn't enough if you've got aspirations to uh, to move up, so sort of aspiring to survive rather than to really succeed. I hope I'm not being disparaging about town, but I can say about Albion, we were hanging on, and I, you know, I, I felt that if either of us faltered, it was going to be a long, long road back. And if I can if I can mention it, that of course had a serious knock-on effect when when a merger was first um, mooted because the FA rules say that should two clubs merge, then they have to take up the position in in the pyramid system of the lower club. We, We were sweating at Albion because at the time when the mergers talk started, we were bottom, uh, and we knew that the whole merger, which I think we agreed with, could go belly up if we got relegated. I felt for a few years that we were one—I'll uh, call it a catastrophe—but we, we were just one catastrophe away from oblivion, and it was going to be the floodlights. They—they they were, you know, the floodlights were failing. They were poor. Uh, parts were getting more and more difficult to come by. We'd ex- exhausted ourselves, really, upgrading mm-hmm. facilities. And I'm not sure there was the heart or the desire for another push for something as big as replacing floodlights. And had that occurred, then I don't know what would have happened. The other thing I know is that I would have hated at Albion to actually um, go out of existence on my watch, so the the merger helped me, you know, in that respect.
2: You could imagine in an alternate world, um, Neville turning up at Queen's Terrace one day, the floodlights have fallen down, and he just goes, <laughs> he just goes, sod it, <laughs> I'm off. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, Neville, you know, he, he basically, he, he puts it best himself. It was a survival-first ethos, which it is admirable, but in some ways it is also slightly desperate, isn't it, when you're trying to attract new fans and, you know. There's so,
1: there's so many older chair people that I've spoken to. They don't say it, but you can tell... In that you know in, in the in the way they carry themselves and their tone of voice and whatever I am only doing this because I don't want to be the one who crashes this club
2: I think I, think I don't know if
1: that's controversial but
2: well I don't think it's controversial and I, I it wasn't in the in the out in the in the cut we just did there but one thing Neville did say is he had been ready to step down for a while. <clears throat> But for one, he couldn't find the right person to take it on. And for two, with the merger on the table as well, I guess it's a bit of a it's only really going to be a temporary thing if the merger's serious, which, of course, it was. So I guess from his point of view, it was a case of keep things ticking along until this merger kicks on properly, I guess, really.
1: That's really interesting about the um, they have to play take the place of the lower team. I had no idea that was the case.
2: And, and the one thing I would love to ask from Town's point of view: Would they have still gone ahead with the merger if they had to be relegated?
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's only one level, isn't it? It's I know, not so bad, It's not so bad at that level.
2: Oh, well, you say that, but they've now introduced a different playoff system at that level. Oh where, God! Yeah, no, yeah, you about have to that. like. Trek all the way down to like Cornwall for a, a, yeah. a playoff match. So
1: on a it Wednesday, was a lot
2: of hassle, I think, a lot of hassle. So yeah, I mean, it ultimately, it was a chance to move out of the old ground whilst it was falling to its um, knees and have a fresh starting field where they actually own the own the premises and they can basically do what they want.
1: So with Town and Albion acting as two pieces of kindling, all we need now is a fire starter, which moves us along to the next interview. Arriving from the Theatre of Dreams with ambitions of creating an Osset Super Club, we now turn our attention to the current Vice Chairman of
4: United. Hi, my name is Phil Smith. I am the current Vice Chairman of Osset United, specifically looking after commercial and football operations. I started my uh, football executive life at Manchester United. I was client relationship executive there for for quite some time uh, before moving out of uh, of football for a few years. And then I was asked to get involved with a non-league football team. And they told me that they'd acquired Osset Albion. And I wasn't quite sure what an Osset Albion was. (laughs) Um, So I hit Google, as we all do, and scrolled down through page one. Premier League, page two, championship, and this interview will go on longer if I do it in actual order, so I'll just say that I ended up in the Northern Premier League, Uh, it might have been Southern Division uh, at that time, and uh, found Osset Albion nestling lovely at the bottom of that league, Uh, and, and that's where my story begins. I, I wanted to. I turned up to the first day, uh, believe it or not, actually, the first day, I tell a lie, I got asked to go and watch Osset play away at Bamba Bridge. And I got a friend visiting from the US. And he said, Oh, man, gonna watch some real hardcore UK soccer. And I said, uh, <laughs> I cannot even begin to explain what we're gonna see because I don't know myself. But going to Bamba Bridge, and uh, do you know what? It's a wonderful afternoon. And, and from day one, I fell in love with non league football. I can honestly say now I am a massive non league football ambassador um, and, and I will remain so forever. It's a different, almost a different sport. It's amazing. Yeah, sure. And so the following week, I went to went Osset to Albion. And if I, could, if I could paint you a picture of Tin Pot FC. <laughs> uh, it is osset or was osset albion and i mean everything everything was stuck in 1976 but it was it was it was just uh, full on as you would expect uh, hardcore non league football that was my and I, you know what i loved it even more
1: without doing the merge do you think albion would have
4: survived in the long term um could be controversial and 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 other people you speak to might might have a different Point of view. I think Albion would have. I think Albion would have um, been okay. I can't say what would have happened with Town. I know that James was looking to possibly uh, move on or, or sort of sort of step down from his role. He's such an integral part of 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 us United. Let alone what he was doing at Town before we all arrived. Things just don't happen without him. He's uh, he is. He's 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 the chairman now, and and rightly so. He 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 lives, breathes, eats, sleeps that club. He he is the right person in in that job right now. Obviously, obviously Albion's ground was uh, was on its um, bottom, shall we say? <laughs> uh, it it needed some serious TLC. It would have survived, and bit by bit, you do bits over the summer. You get the volunteers in, They were a phenomenal group of people, and. And and you get stuff done, but Osset Town's infrastructure was far far superior. And and like I said, he's fit for the division above easily, with very little modification, could go into Conference North. We took a couple of stands from Queens Terrace, put them up at uh, Infield. What 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 the the problems or the the sort of the the landscape before the merger was were two completely different stories so Osset Albion was a limited company owned by an individual Osset Town was a membership club owned by members who elected uh, a chairman and in order for both clubs to agree to merge the majority of the ownership of both clubs must have agreed to do it. So that's quite easy for Osset Albion. yeah, done, thank you, move on. Osset Town, supporters club meeting, rumours, Facebook pages, we we had to go and do a presentation in front of all the membership board, of course you've now got these guys coming in, they've only been at Osset Albion for six months and they're coming into our club now and who the hell's this guys and what's going on? And you know, I, I gave them, we went through the study that I did we went through the pros and the cons and uh, everybody then did a, a vote, a, a blind vote, right? What happened is just put yes or no in a ballot box, right? So they put all the boat, the votes in a box and the guy counts them live in front of us. Going to open the box now and count the votes, open the box. No, 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 seven no's, seven no's, yes, 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 and I'm literally waiting for the one extra no. Yes, yes, and the ne- the eighth no never came. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I have never. I mean, we talk about uh, the old squeaky bum cliche. I have never ever sat in a meeting and thought, "What's going on here?" And um, we asked these seven people to come and have a drink with us afterwards and tell us, tell us why, why, why are you are you are you full-on, hardcore, get out of my half of the town, we hate you? Or have you just got some things you're not sure about and you want to address them? Because you could have done that in a meeting before you vote. Anyway, we bought these guys a drink, and um, I swear down to you, one guy said, I, um, I'm the captain of the pool team. I said, right, right. And he said, uh, if we merge, we're going to become more popular and get more fans, that's what you're telling me, I said,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah,
6: we are yeah, we are
4: you know, I'm going to get less time on the pool table than I <laughs> <laughs> and I said, you you voted no, because you're going to get less time on the pool table, can you imagine if he, he would have been the eighth person so I said to him, mate, I'll buy you your own pool table, put a lock and a gold I'll give you a gold snooker cue if you want one fella so you know what, you 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 were never going to change people's minds. You just know, or oh yes, no, yeah. Luckily, there was no eight, there was no eighth, no, and, and away we went. And that that was it. It was full steam ahead. The FA told us it was a two year process. Two year process. You'll never get this carried out in any time shorter than that. And um, we did it in four four months. Two years work in four months. We were we were over the moon. We did it. We did it. Done.
2: I mean, I like Phil, but I'm going to say this straight away. He told us, and he admitted during this interview, he didn't buy that guy his pool table or a golden cube.
1: So
2: (laughs) I'm not sure how much to believe of what he's saying, to be honest.
1: Phil was a superb human being. Um, I really enjoyed talking to Phil. Um, I can totally understand uh, someone objecting to a merger specifically because it meant that they would have less time for their thing that they like doing in the clubhouse. I've been at clubs where I won't mention the name, but people don't even go and watch the match. They just hang around in the clubhouse. And that's what it is. That's what it's all about to them. And um, yeah, so I suppose the fear of having that taken away from you is a real one. And I think, was it Phil that mentioned there were, sadly, some people that just never came back? Only a handful, but there were people who didn't go along with it.
2: Absolutely. We'll come on to that part of the second part because um, some of the interviews do do go into a bit more detail on that. And I, I guess it kind of leads us in nicely, actually, to say what's going to come up in part two. But before we do that, I think we should conclude part one, Tom, because we always like to, you know, analyse the data, analyse the facts, analyse the opinions and... Really? and This one is a very, very straightforward answer compared to the ones we've done in the past. Uh, Why do we think Osset Albion and Osset Town folded?
1: Because it was stupid to have two teams in Osset. So they didn't actually (laughs) fold like the
2: other teams we've done. They didn't fold because of a lack of commitment or lack of finances or anything like that. They simply made the decision to merge before any of those possible options could happen which is you know incredible foresight really to, to see that they can't actually sustain themselves forever like this okay so we're going to um, round things up so the merger was agreed by the majority there's a, a real feeling of a fresh start for football in Osset but that's not to say the story ends here and We'll leave listeners with an insight into what's to come in part two, as we hear more from Osset's finest about how things panned out. Part two has some real good insight into the actual ins and outs that happened. And with that, I'd say thanks for tuning in to Pint of Football's Lost Clubs. And we'll see you next time for part two.
5: There's significant opposition to it from that small, that small fan base. So much so that the majority of those haven't followed us at United.
6: It was quite difficult because the, the immediate power struggle started to happen. And, and I was very, very insistent that I would only have one master. Whoever's the boss is the boss, but I'm not taking orders from 10 different people because it'll piss me off. Us at United was still too new to have that um, organic... Support, You know, where you burst into song and you've got your own club songs and what have you. So there was parts of it that were quite challenging. But the other side of it was, you know, there's a, you know, there's a, new, a new club, a new adventure. Uh, people were on board with it, people
3: buying into it. It's more
2: than just two clubs combined.
3: The merger presented all sorts of new possibilities. For me, expectations were raised. It was a, an open invitation to the town
6: to say, come and support this club when you, we haven't got any in crowds yet. We haven't got any cliques. We've got no, you know, little, uh, little groups to make you feel uncomfortable. We're, we're just open and ready.
5: My only concern was it take longer to get served at the bar.
3: Throughout the negotiations prior to that happening, um, there were meetings uh, by the new owners with supporters at, uh, say, Albion, with supporters at Ossett Town, I think it was, it was a, a shrewd move to keep supporters involved and let them know what was going on.
5: We're actually seeking to climb the uh, the football pyramid as well. One of the big challenges we've got is that um, our big opportunity potentially is that Wakefield is the largest city without a football league team.
2: Yeah,
5: and that is a massive admission.
6: Well, those people that were worried already lost their club because they were worried about losing Osset Town. But they wanted Osset Town for selfish reasons. They were the people that wanted a little club that did only have 10 people in the bar because they were one of those 10 people um, and they liked it. That's what they were worried about losing.
2: We're still Osset. We're still in the town of Osset. We still play at Infield. So I don't miss anything about town because everything is still there. I felt
3: that as two clubs, We started to uh, look forward rather than look back
4: on perhaps past glories. I'd like to think football has survived in the town because of the merger, because I know both teams were really, really struggling. Um, But I think the ultimate was, come on, let's have a go at something, let's create a super club.
2: for listening to this Pint of Football podcast. We would like to inform listeners that the content of this podcast has been permitted for use in this podcast only, and the content is from the view of the individuals involved, not Pint of Football. Thank you to Phil Smith, Neville Wigglesworth, James Rogers, Andy Mathery, Craig Biddlestone, and Finella Kelly for sparing their time to help us with this recording.
1: If you have enjoyed this presentation please feel free to follow us on twitter at pof underscore reviews on facebook at facebook.com forward slash pint of football uh, we also have a website pint i believe and we have recently joined twitch where we will be streaming football manager and that's twitch.tv forward slash pint of football thank you very much